Um, all right. So um, for you know students like Tyler, you know who were here last in May, something like that. Yeah, some year way back. Yeah. Um, that, so as a, as a church, we spent the summer. Um, you know, the plan was to was to talk about you know, gifts of the spirit um, and to keep keep talking about being activated by the spirit. And many of you have been here for those sermons. Um, and some of you are here for the first time, and you're kind of landing, maybe at the end. Um, but if you've been at Kingdom Life for a while, you know we never really know when the end is, do we? So you know, it depends when Jesus says, "Okay, it's time to move on." And and the pattern over the last uh, at least 18 months has been to go slow. Um, not just to kind of jump on a topic and, and, and you know, talk about it, but actually to try and live it. Um, and, and so you know, the plan was to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, and we talked a little bit about one or two things, but actually we ended up talking about things like forgiveness and how to not take offense, and what does it mean to be a people that worship, um, and really just sensing the Lord saying, these are important things for me, for this body. Um, and so if you're visiting for the first time, and, and this is your only time, um, hopefully, hopefully not, eh? <laughs> um, but you're kind of landing in the middle of something, and I, but I hope, um, and I believe the Lord still will speak to you. Um, and so I, my expectation is from next month that we're going to jump back into the gifts, okay, and just start talking about those more explicitly again. Um, but I, tonight, am going to be speaking on being a people that is thankful and thankfulness. And as with every other thing that I've talked on, this is like a huge topic and it felt like it was full of minefields as I tried to prepare. Um, and I don't promise I'm gonna cover everything obviously in one talk, but I just believe for this house and for us that there are a few things that God wants to say to us. Um, and actually, the first the first thing that I said to the Lord when I felt him saying, you know, uh, talk about thankfulness and, and being a thankful people is that, like, this really goes well with worship. There's a lot of songs that talk about worship and thanksgiving and songs that talk about worship and thanksgiving and rejoicing. Like, it would have made sense to do this after I talked about worship, and that was like a month ago. Um, and <laughs> somewhat optimistically, and also maybe slightly depressing, um, I just felt the Lord saying that Thanksgiving is like worship. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is a really powerful antidote to unforgiveness and for offense. And, and that part of having this space is that we are going to have a chance just to try and be rid of that again. Maybe like me, you've picked up offense in the last week or two. <laughs> it's funny how life gives you many opportunities to take offense. Luke, sometimes true. So <laughs> we, um, that's something that's going to be between you and God, and we'll have a time to pray at the end. Thanksgiving really does expose the conditions of our heart. Um, I don't know how many of you have tried to give thanks to God while your heart is angry. Like it's really not easy. And actually, there's something about worshiping that that you can do, and in a sense it's easy, like you can, you can put a mask on and pretend it's easy. Like you can sing words on a screen, can't you? 
Like, we can all do that. We may, we may not mean anything while we do it, but we can all do it. Giving thanks is much harder. If you're in a room by yourself and the Lord says, give me, give me thanks, give me praise, and your heart is angry, it's, it's hard. It's hard to speak out thanks and praise. Um, and and <laughs> as I said when I talked about offense and forgiveness, those are things that we really don't want in our hearts because they resist the presence of God in our lives. They just prevent us having more of Jesus. Okay, and that's what we're about. Being sons and daughters of God is to know Jesus more, to have more of him in us. So, obviously, a good place to start with Thanksgiving is the Psalms. Okay, so I'm just going to read some, some, uh, two Psalms, 95 and 100, and not all of them. And then we'll get into some other scripture as well. Psalm 95, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Such wonderful intimacy in the midst of this praise of the glorious King. In Psalm 100, maybe the one we know the best. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Now I just want to point out one really simple thing from that psalm. Now, both those psalms, we see obviously that, 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 that praise, that worship, and, and thanksgiving, they're so deeply connected. Like generally when we are praising, if we're singing songs like we were, and, and our hearts are in it, you know, even actually, biblically, the raising of hands is a sign of thanksgiving. That is an act of thanksgiving in the Hebrew understanding. Um, so even if you raise your hands, you're actually giving thanks with your body. And that's a beautiful thing. But there's just a small indication here of the power of thanksgiving and how we might separate it slightly from praise when, when the psalmist talks about how we enter his gates with thanksgiving and we enter into his courts with praise. And there's this image that if we want to go into the city of God, Obviously, God is everywhere now, but this image of entering into the presence of God, if we are going to go into his courts with praise, if we're going to gather at, his, at, the, at the foot of his throne and worship him, then first we have to enter into the city itself. We have to go through the gates of the city, and the way through the gates is thanksgiving. And if our hearts are not thankful, it's really hard for us to have authentic praise in the presence of our Father. Now, you all being good Christians, um, most of you are Taylor students, so obviously you're good Christians. Um, we, um, I could just say to you, obviously, that I'm talking about God, I'm talking about Jesus. Obviously, you should be thankful. What is wrong with you if you're not thankful? 
And that, that would just suck, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be very convincing. Um, I mean, I think also if I ask Ryan, are you thankful for Jesus? Yes. <laughs> are you thankful for your wife? Yes. <laughs> They're still newly married, so he can get away with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, but there, there is this, this kind of expectation. I'm going to get to the kind of serious part of this right at the end. But is, there is this expectation that we should just be thankful, shouldn't we? Like we're Christians. And Jesus died for us. So obviously we are thankful. And, and I think that is true of us. Like, you know, we are thankful. But like so much of, of, of our gospel and so much of our relationship with Jesus, there's such a huge difference to kind of thinking something and maybe understanding something and then actually knowing it to be true and having it as an expression of your lives and of our lives. It's so different. And so I don't want to just stop there. You know, the, uh, in the Levit- Leviticus 7, you know, anyone who's read through their Bible knows that Leviticus gets a little bit rough at times. You know, and Leviticus 7 is about the, um, the sacrifice of praise and lays out what you give for that sacrifice of praise. And actually, if you want to make it not just a sacrifice of praise, but a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, there's like extra cakes and unleavened breads that you throw in. Right, so God actually wrote into the law this act that the people could do. So that actually, it was a part of the law that you could go and offer thanksgiving and you could make it kind of official. You know, and, and that's not how God operates anymore, obviously, in the new covenant. That's not how he expects us to respond to Jesus. And, and, and the, re- the reality is that, of course, the Old Testament is full. The Psalms are full of honest, sincere thanksgiving. And there are prophets and there are psalmists, men and women who encountered God, who, who knew God, and, 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 the, and the, the purity of their thanksgiving is amazing. But of course, what Jesus does is he makes that relationship with God available to all of us, that we all would know him, know him that we would all have this natural flowing thankfulness. And thankfulness should be. Gosh, I'm going to say this now. This, I said this a few times this summer. This is a little bit like talking about humility. Like the more I prepared the sermon, the more I realized how unthankful I am. And it wasn't an easy realization. <laughs> so you, if you feel that, you're not alone. But thankfulness is supposed to be this natural expression of the Holy Spirit. Like we don't have to do certain things to be thankful. It's supposed to just flow out of us. Just naturally. Ephesians 5, um, reading from kind of half of verse 18, Paul says to the Ephesians, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Colossians 2, he writes, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. You can also translate, you know, overflowing with thanksgiving. Not a human thanksgiving, not something you run around with this kind of weird, you know, talking and thanksgiving all the time, but that living water of the Holy Spirit that is responding to the Lord, overflowing out of us, a deep, deep thankfulness for what he's done. But as with, um, as with all things that Jesus commands us, we, we will typically, particularly in our Western cultures, we will have this habit of trying to you know, make it come true ourselves. And so there is this religious spirit element 
that says you better be thankful and make it, yeah, be seen to be thankful. Put on that mask of, of thankfulness. You know, maybe it'll make you more acceptable to God. Maybe it'll make you more acceptable to you know, your friends. Or maybe there's a religious spirit that says, you know, you are so broken and so sinful that this is the least you can do for God. Just try at least be thankful for what he's done for you. And those are obviously not what the Lord intends. And it's easy to see how the enemy can twist the joy of thanksgiving. The Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit wants to draw us into thanksgiving that is vulnerable and intimate because that's the nature of the Lord that we worship. He's vulnerable and he's intimate with us. And he wants us to be real with him. And as I said already, the command for thanksgiving, it's not something that we are supposed to engineer. There's something that's supposed to flow out of us. Okay, again, I'll come back to that at the end as well. So a few, a few things um, about Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving will fight against our flesh. Okay? If our flesh is self-absorbed, if our flesh is self-focused, if we want to just focus on our own comforts and our own whatever, Thanksgiving is always in competition with that. And so if you're struggling with, if, with issues around comfort or, um, or lust or things like that, Thanksgiving can be really, really powerful. Because you're saying it's not about me anymore. It's just about you, Lord. And I'm going to thank you. And I'm going to set my eyes on you. And as we thank, as we worship, as we rejoice, the Holy Spirit will always respond to that. He will always meet us in that. He will always deepen our knowledge of Jesus. And thanksgiving will always pull us away from our flesh. And it, in doing so, it also, um, try to say this in a way that makes sense, it, it, it kind of draws us into heaven's perspective. Okay, it draws us into God's way of doing things. Um, if, about oh no, three weeks ago, I, I, I said in my sermon that I got really angry with some colleagues at work. Some of you will recall that, okay? It, you know, it just so happens this past week, I also found myself getting really angry. Slightly worrying theme there in, in my life that the Lord is, is working out. Um, and this actually wasn't to do with me. This was another situation that was going on. It was just affecting someone that I care about. And I was so angry. And, and I went, in, my house was quiet. Everyone went to bed and I, and I went to pray. And to, you know, to intercede over the situation. And, and I opened my mouth, and before like, any words had come out, the Holy Spirit said, be thankful. I was like, what do you mean? I'm flipping angry. I can't be thankful. I'm trying to intercede. <laughs> and he said, be thankful. And rejoice. And my natural inclination is to go and, is to worship. I love worshiping. It's always how I meet God the easiest. And he's like, no. <laughs> You're not allowed to worship. You're not allowed to use someone else's words. These have to be your words, and you have to issue praise and thanks. And it was amazing because it was hard. And then it was amazing because the more that I did it, suddenly the, the anger started to dissipate, and my irritation towards certain people started to just disappear. 
And then after a few minutes of doing this, I found the words that I needed to actually be praying and interceding over the situation. And whereas before I might have prayed intercession that you know, wasn't exactly godly, I knew the Spirit was in the words that I was praying. I wasn't praying my words, I was praying His words. And I knew that there was power from heaven over the words that I was praying. Whereas before it would have been me just interceding, saying, Lord, try to sort this out in my way. But as we, get, as we, as we are thankful before the Lord, he, he, the Spirit will draw us into God's way of being. And that's why offense and unforgiveness are such a block against thanksgiving. And vice versa, thanksgiving is such a good way of taking apart offense. Like Giselle's on Star for Kingdom Life, if she irritates me with something and I take offense with her and I go to the Lord and I try to offer thanks, he is going to say, you need to forgive my daughter. I'm not really interested in what you have to say until you do that. So thankfulness is not, um, it's not just something that we do, okay? Um, it's, it's kind of a defensive, offensive action. Okay, it's not it's like, you know, it's like, we talk about spiritual warfare, you know, and you, and you go, and we may, we'll do a sermon on that sometime, but you know, we go and pray and we, and we fight in the spiritual realms. And this is something that's more kind of defensive. But as we are thankful, as we celebrate God's goodness towards us, we will win spiritual battles. Things will shift in the supernatural realm. And things will shift over us. And we get a little taste of this in Philippians 4. I'll just read three verses from Philippians 4. Again, this is scripture that we know well, I'm sure. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, you might be like me, and you've heard that scripture so many times, you kind of, you know, it doesn't have uh, a lot of power anymore for you. Or maybe you, re- you hear it and you think, peace, cool. I like peace. Peace would be nice. And we kind of disconnect like, oh, well, maybe I'll get peace if I do these things, rather than actually realizing what Paul is saying here. That he is saying that if we go to the Lord with prayer and petition, if we go to him with thanksgiving, then we will be given peace. Peace will flow from that process. Peace is a spiritual gift, isn't it? It's a fruit of the Spirit that will flow to us. There is power in thanksgiving. So I wanted to be a bit more careful with this this next section. Um, Of course, um, many of us, I know some of your stories some of the people in the church I know well, I know some of your stories. A lot of you I don't know. Um, and, and obviously life has a way of hurting us, doesn't it? Tyler's about to tell a story about you. So um, it'll be better without you here, though. So you're okay. Um, there's, 
There's a harshness to life. There's things going on at Taylor's. Okay. <laughs> it might be me, of course. Um, and when I started preparing the sermon, one of the things that I struggled with was, you know, when, as soon as you start talking about Thanksgiving and you start talking about struggles that people have, um, like, do I need to do a whole sermon on suffering? Or like a series on suffering? Because obviously, like, there's some really difficult things that you can start to touch on. Um, and that's not what I felt the Lord wanting me to do tonight. Um, but I, I, am a, I am aware of this. And I'll try and be vulnerable with you if that makes it easier. There's this um, incredible scripture from Habakkuk 3, which I think, we, again, we know well, that is such a challenge to me. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk is a little bit like Job, and maybe he goes even further. When everything goes wrong, he's still able to rejoice in God. And that's, um, that, that verse, those verses really, like, I don't know, they jar me. I don't know if they jar you as well. Like, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could do that well. And if we go to the New Testament, we have examples, where, we have two cases where, where Peter and John are put into jail in Acts 4 and Acts 5, and in Acts 5 they're beaten um, and then released, and Scripture tells us that they left rejoicing, rejoicing in God that they were deemed worthy of suffering for Jesus. And I, I don't do well when I'm beaten. I struggle to rejoice, <laughs> and sometimes I do think I'm beaten for trying to represent Jesus. And I struggle to do that well. And of course, this isn't about Let me say it this way. And you know, I think I think in Western culture we sometimes we have this idea that um, that life has to be easy and perfect. And God is our protector and so nothing should go wrong. And we forget that we live in a broken world that's full of evil people, whether you live here or Hong Kong or South Africa. You know, the world is broken, the systems of the world are broken. And we, and we live in a world where there is an enemy who loves to kill, steal, and destroy. And so, when I look at these words of Habakkuk and I, and I look at how Peter and John re respond to being beaten, when I look at the way that Stephen responds to the religious authorities before he's stoned, you, you, you see the reality of what God means to these men. That they have seen something which makes them thankful regardless. And I, if I'm... Um, I would say that the hardest thing that I've had to deal with um, in my life, and my wife shared about this, I think a couple of, maybe a year or two ago, so I'm not gonna share the story long, um, but when my, when my nephew and my, my godson, who was the first grandchild in my family, um, 
when he was about three months old, he died um, of um, a disease that infected his brain. Um, and he went from having a fever to being dead in a couple of hours. Went to the hospital and yeah, just his little body just couldn't fight. Um, his father is a priest, my father's priest, both these men of God who legitimately men of God who have seen God heal so many people were in the room. And my dad's very prophetic. Um, and and he saw, my father actually saw angels descending into the room. And he saw one of them actually take my nephew, essentially take his spirit and his soul and leave. And, and um, my, my father was so angry with God. For a while. And that's a natural thing, isn't it? And we are so thankful, even in the midst of that pain. We don't know why God didn't heal him, but we are so thankful that we know where Daniel is. And we know that my sister and her husband will see him again. And that's not just based on theology and belief, which we know, but because of the visions that my father saw. It was just like God giving some sort of blessing in the midst of that horror. And one of, the, the, one of the, the next most difficult things that I've experienced in my life is when Joseph was a baby, a little bit older, about 18 months or two years old, and he contracted the same disease that killed my nephew. Um, and he was actually in South Africa with Kath and Grace. I was in England, um, so I wasn't even able to be there. But you can imagine the terror that... Um, was over us. And I'm so thankful that God healed him. And he did. He was in hospital for two days and then he was healed. And he's still there. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for that. I don't, it doesn't make me understand Daniel's dying. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful one day that I'll see Joseph and Daniel meet each other in heaven. The thing is, when we, um, when we come here to worship, we worship a God who is not just sitting on a throne telling us to worship him, telling us it's what's expected of us making sacrifices and doing the things that man has done since time began. But we worship a God who came to this world, who took our pain, who knows what our suffering feels like. We worship a God who gave up everything. And he's not immune to our pain, but he makes himself available. And that's that's one of the ways that Christianity stands apart, isn't it? That we can be so thankful that we have a God who died for us. And not only that, but we have a God now who lives in us and actually wants to meet us. That even though he doesn't promise us a perfect life or a life where everything will go well, he does say, if you come to me, 
I will meet you. And I'm able to take your pain. And he likes taking our pain. This, um, this past week, I, I had a chat to a friend. He said to me, you know, I, the, one of the songs we sang tonight, better is a thousand days in your cook. One day than a thousand days. He said, I could never sing that song. I didn't know if it was true. And then for the first time in his life, he actually met Jesus. And the peace of God filled him. And he said, you know what? I could give up everything now for this peace. I could give up everything for this God. As you realize who it is that he is called to love. So finally, we, um, these past few weeks, I've been talking just about a house and what I believe God wants us to be. Maybe it's fitting that all of our Taylor students have now left. <laughs> and we can just talk as a core family again. I've, I've talked about giving up offense. I've talked about giving forgiveness. I've talked about being a place of praise. Um, and I believe God is calling us to be a people of thankfulness. Now, this is not something that we can all do perfectly. <laughs> Life is hard. There are times where some of us will be crying and we all have to stand with us as we cry and as we, as we walk through things together. And there'll be other times that we rejoice in each other's thankfulness for things. But this is the call that I felt the Lord giving tonight. That some of us, wow. <laughs> you can tell the dads are looking off the kids tonight. Um, Some of us might still, as we think about thankfulness, and I'm not going to dwell on this, but if you, if you offer the Lord thanks and you feel anger towards someone or offense towards someone, if, you, if a name or face pops up, then take that as the Lord saying, it's time. It's time to let me work through that with you. And maybe you've done it before, but just give forgiveness again. Give this person to Jesus. Give a situation, the situation that hurt you to him. But for us as a family, um, I want us, I believe the Lord is saying to us, will we, will we, will we be a people that don't wear religious masks in terms of praise and thankfulness? And I don't know if I can make this make sense. But for us to be authentic in our praise, okay, and, so, and just hear me carefully here, there are times where we are struggling, okay, and we come to church, and the Lord loves our faithfulness. He loves the fact that even though we are struggling, we're wrestling, that we are willing and able to praise Him, and He sees our hearts, and He adores that. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here is when we, when we come to church, with, with anger and pain, especially towards the Lord or someone else in this body, and we pretend that it's not there. And we just stick this mask on. 
And I just, I just felt the Lord saying tonight, He's, 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 he's wanting us. He's, there's, there's grace for us to put those masks down. And especially if there's anger towards Him for something that has happened in your life, to give it to Him again. And maybe it's something you've wept over countless times. But I just heard the Lord saying, your tears are not wasted. I've seen every one of those tears and they're not wasted. But I felt him saying, just come again and, and cry. Let your tears land on my feet. And let me bring healing. And in all of these things that I've talked about, all of them, you know, they've involved surrender. All of them involve the Spirit of God. But all of them, principally, above everything, require us seeing Jesus and desiring more of Him. That the one that we praise, the one that we worship, the one that we are thankful for, he is the God of love and He is the God of peace and He is the God of restoration. And He loves us. And there might be some of us who actually just need the other song that we sang. You have eyes like flames of fire. And here, like, well, some of us, that scripture written by someone who saw Him, others have seen Him. You know, it's not just about um, figurative language. Some of us actually need to meet Him. And it might be actually seeing him. It might just be to his spirit. And maybe that's something you've been asking for a while, but keep asking. I believe there's grace that he wants to meet us in those places where we are hiding the most pain so that we can be a people that releases choruses of thanksgiving. Okay, Giselle? Cool. Worship team, you've got a last song for us, don't you? Tyler? Amanda does. Okay. Will you guys, will you stand, please? I want to pray, and then we are, we're going to sing a final song together. And then we'll see if Giselle's got anything else for us. And as we sing this song, you know, worship, rejoice, do whatever you want to do. But let your, heart, let your heart be open to the Spirit speaking. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, a prayer is, is, a, is a simple one tonight. Lord, I ask that you would, that you would meet your sons and your daughters. And that by your spirit, Lord Jesus, there would be grace. There would be a grace for us to be able to step away from offenses, from unforgiveness. From hurt, and from anger. 
that we would be able to see you and be able to place these things into your hands. So I ask you, Lord, to come. Speak to your children, Jesus. Amen.